0: He's got a history, Doctor. Violence, antisocial 6, repeated violations of the Permanent Emergency Code. Insolence, defiance, disregard of authority, doing 25 to life.
1: I don't think he's going to hurt us. You aren't going to hurt us, are you, Mr. Cole? No,
2: sir.
3: All monkeys. <laughs> this is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello everyone, welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack episode 501. We are now part, officially, of the 501st. Welcome to the show. Uh, we are mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind, and have been for 11 years. Uh, my name is Scott Johnson. Today, joined by
4: Brian, Saran Rap is the sixth element done away. Oh, put it on me. Oh, mm. hi. <laughs> okay, Mr. Cole, I'm going to ask you to relax while I attach these alligator clips to your face fat. And then we're just going to shove your three times naked Bruce Willis ass, oh, will ass, yep, <laughs> going to shove you right into your woody into our woody woodpecker cartoon inspired time tube, woohoo, like a big old naked wiener covered in a condom, to ensure your travels are safe. What's that? You say you're good at remembering things. Best not to remember this, Mister Cole. But don't worry. It's safe, like an MRI machine, but it's not an MRI machine in a basement, and all of this is not just in your head in some sort of divergent reality on planet Ogo. All right, one more alligator clip. I think this one goes to your right nipple. Nope, nope, already got one there. This is your classic left nip alligator clip situation. <laughs> and there. Okay. Enough monkey business. All right, hold on to your butts. I'm firing up the time tube. Clear. Is it gone? Okay. Let's go shopping. Randy, colonics for everyone. <laughs>
3: Wow That was uh, That was I don't know That was like Brad Pitt was here Well done Yeah yeah I am yeah (laughs) Yeah. Hello You are Brad Pitt Uh, Also with us Randy How many times Would you scrub Naked Bruce Willis Down with a brush Jordan
1: Aloha Scott Brian Brian Hi Randy (laughs) Now I need you to listen Listen The whole world Your whole life man Everything that's coming Into your inputs And out of your outputs it's like it's completely programmed it's you and it's the program and you can't change it but you also can't predict it but it's already happened you know you know like you don't know but you feel the need and you feel it all the time and you know you do and you think it's the same for everyone else but the crazy thing is you're right here's what you need what we all need here's what everyone in the world needs man Uh, one arby's classic beef and cheddar two orders of curly fries and a diet coke no ice all right Mm, thanks mm. (laughs) but what if the monkey eats it
3: Ah, don't let him eat it 12 monkeys will destroy that meal order
4: wrapped in foil yeah and foil. it's not wrapped in foil it's obviously a ziploc bag continuity
3: (laughs) also i am hungry for all the things you just mentioned no kidding dang it that's not good all right finally brian wait that's not susan master bingo bongo antonio sabato jr ibbet
2: no it's not (laughs) all right hold on there mr airport security checkpoint let me see those glass vials science experiment you say huh what if i what if i shake it like this that good that good okay you're good to go oh sir are these your speedo underwear no okay Mm. move along who's next Ma'am, whoa, 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 what have we got there? Did you think I was just going to let you get on the plane carrying those giant bottles of liquid? Can I shake them? Oh, okay, good, good. Ah, yes, shake, 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 all checks out. Okay, here's a pack of cigarettes to smoke on the plane. Move along. Oh, wait, ma'am, are these your, your Speedo underwear? No? Okay, next. Come on, let's move things along. Quickly, quickly. Gun? Hold up there, mister. Fired in the ceiling. Need to make sure it's real. (laughs) Okay, good, good. Keep it going. Fireworks? Light one. Okay, good. Can I shake those? Oh, good, good. Uh, Come back here, sir. I need to shake your gun. All right, thank you. All right, all of you move along. Speed of underwear? Speed of underwear? Okay, they're mine now. Oh, wait, these are mine. Man, being an airport security guard is easy, and I can't see that ever changing.
3: (laughs) Oh, you were just a few years away yeah just a few years away yeah well all right well done everybody that is uh a lot of talk about 12 monkeys (laughs) 12 (laughs) 12 monkeys oh yeah that's right not the not the 2015 tv series spinoff but the uh the uh, 12 monkeys from 1995 now right uh, i don't know if anyone's seen the tv thing but i'm half tempted (laughs) to go check it out it's all up on hulu um it is
2: four seasons yeah and uh, uh it 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 really it isn't a continuation of this it starts the story over again oh is that um, how it works as far as i can tell okay that's interesting uh, yeah,
4: yeah. That's, smart. that's smart though because i mean we're kind of in a time loop anyway you pretty much could multiverse this thing right into another time loop you right you
3: could except i wish right. um, I, what i want more of and I'll, we'll talk more about this i think in our discussion today of of uh the 1995, Terry Gilliam masterpiece, Twelve Monkeys. Well, we'll talk about whether it's a masterpiece or not. <laughs> wow. we'll, oh, okay. we'll discuss that. Oh, oh. We'll discuss that. <laughs> All but, right, uh, that we'll 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 get into the whole idea that um, <laughs> the the movie. Um, or what was I going to say? Uh, uh, I forgot now. Oh, I want the TV show. What I would want from a TV show, and I'm sure this is not what they give us according to what Brian just said. But I want a TV show that ex- this, uh, explores the world of that weird future underground. That's what I want.
2: yeah Right.
3: Build more world there and show me what the hell's going on there and not and if, so much flashbacks or, you know. And if the backs.
2: sci-fi channel series, I think it was sci-fi channel series, uh, does that, like basically has a lot more parallel storylines of what's going on in that underground future world, as well as what James Cole is doing in the quote unquote present, mm-hmm. that would actually be pretty good. It'd be, it'd be decent because I feel like this, I feel like what we've got here in. 12 monkeys the the movie yeah. is a nice self-contained um doesn't need any further storyline i would st- story yeah.
4: <laughs> I, would like, I would like to i agree with you i would like to see a uh, a deeper dive into each of the 12 monkeys <laughs> and, and I'm talking, I'm not talking about the 12 monkeys that were, uh, the, the, you know, the distraction that was Brad Pitt, 12 monkeys. I'm talking right. about the six scientists that, that, uh, mirror each other in the future and the present with the psychiatrist. Yeah. I think those 12 monkeys mm-hmm. and a deeper exploration into that understanding <laughs> why one of them's an insurance agent. Yes. I would would like to have that deeper dive. So That's
2: that's an interpretation of the the 12 monkeys that that's the six, the six time traveling master people, you know, the, the authorities that Bruce Willis deals with. And then the six doctors that he deals with in the present. I like that.
1: Right. I I don't like it at all. (laughs) Nothing, nothing about this movie ever gave me that as a story. And uh, furthermore, like it, Actually, this movie asks the question over and over, why aren't any of these people doing their own damn time traveling? Why do they keep sending this rando guy that they picked out of their it's prison? About, it's about control. It's not about James, it's not solving the problem.
2: James Cole uh, remembers things. And my guess is that because he wasn't the first of their time traveling subjects, they found that that other people they sent back and forth had no memory of what they were doing and therefore just ended up in the past, um, blathered on about the apocalypse and got put in Catherine's book, but never, never got their memory back to be able to say, here's what's going on. Here's why I'm here. Yeah. You know, what's funny is it's
3: their bumbling that made it work finally. And that was them accidentally sending him to world war one in the middle of a freaking trench war and then getting shot Mm -hmm. with an ancient bullet that then would show up in 1995 or six or whatever. Uh, and have them all go, holy shit! And that's what convinced uh, the lady who's not Mary Elizabeth Master. I, I
2: saw <laughs> yeah. like, oh, this was Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio as well, until it's like, oh wait, no, well, that- Madeline Stone. Madeline, Madeline Stone. Stone. I was like, is that Barbara Hershey? <laughs> no, who
4: is that? That's. Uh- <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, I don't. <clears throat> I
4: know you and I were off both off for convinced. that type of acting, right? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, she's
3: from yeah. The-, the cut from whatever cloth that is, because. But it's
4: good it's perfect yeah it she's, spot on, she's fine
3: do i don't know she got a little weird toward the end but
1: she was fine um but my she got a little weird i love that in a movie <laughs> in a movie that goes out of its way to just be weird and not actually entertain you yeah she got a little bit weird okay, right, so, okay.
3: so this i'm glad you said that randy because i've been wanting to ask this question of you all week you have been i think not 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 unduly like i feel like you've been fairly critical of a lot of Terry Gilliam's work, or at least the two films we've seen that he directed, uh, this and time bandits. And I'm, I'm curious if there is one of his movies where you're like, I'd love that movie though. Like that's the one that really gets me. Or is it just that you and his style just don't, don't mix. Like you guys just don't like each other.
1: So I've never seen this movie. I actually, I come into this movie, uh, imagining that it's going to be kind of like seven, which, well, wow, not even close. No. (laughs) Um, and, uh, (laughs) I, I When I think of Terry Gilliam, I think of like, again, I had like a decade of my life where I was collecting Monty Python stuff, yeah. and I ended up putting together this whole Monty Python film festival at my college, and we did it every year. It was the Monty Python-a-thon, 24 hours of Monty Python, and I had way more than 24 hours at that point, and so we were able to like carefully pick and select an, an order, like there was an order of things that you would watch Monty Python. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what was discarded was Terry Gilliam. A lot. Really? He was the, you know, because he was the weird American in Monty Python, right? right? He right. was the mm-hmm. he was the guy that uh, when he was on screen, like they would use him sometimes and he was fine because he was part of a troop doing a joke. Right. But his own stuff was just him off by himself cutting out pictures and putting them together and animating them moving right yeah his animation
3: stuff is is
4: what you think are you
1: saying that's whatever because don't
4: say (laughs) that because i love that that's just amazing that 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 is like some of the most amazing things ever it's a it's a thing that that
3: he 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 did and felt like nobody had before and then anything since then that does anything that looks like that i immediately think of terry gilliam i'm watching a documentary Mm -hmm. on hbo right now that uses to tell to tell stuff that happened in the past They use cutouts of these people in the 50s and then have them kind of interacting with each other in this like herky-jerky sort of, you know, collage animated way. And all I can think of is, well, you wouldn't even be doing that without Terry Gilliam. Like that's just that's his his style.
1: His eyes, like the way he sees things is is truly like it's unique and it's interesting so like his you know when we talk about terry gilliam movies we're talking about time bandits brazil and this we're talking about 12 oh, yeah, that's real the, baron munchausen the trilogy yeah oh yeah baron i'd also i'd yeah.
3: also do that uh, one with robin williams uh, uh fisher Fair king fisher king fisher king's amazing oh yeah.
1: fisher king is so good yeah, yeah. I
3: love that um movie.
1: he wrote he wrote fear and loathing in las vegas and directed uh, it too and and you realize um, watching this movie, I realized for the for kind of the first time that he has a crutch. Now on the one side, I was I spent this whole movie just like amazed at the cinematography, his mm-hmm. view of things. Although it's bleak and it's very very dirty, it's very visually arresting. Mm. Everything, every shot, like I can I could just I could name. I could spend the next hour just talking about, then there's this shot of Bruce Willis emerging from the underground prison. And it's just, you just start out looking at snow and you realize there's a circle in the snow and it's a manhole and it moves. And it's like, it is the the definition of a perfect shot every time. And I, I'm like, I love that. I think there's so much there. But then a movie is also a story, or at least a movie like this, right? We're not talking about Koyaanisqatsi. We're talking about a movie with characters Delivering words right and so there's a story there and he has a crutch that he as a filmmaker absolutely falls on Constantly and that is crazy people that you can't trust whether they're telling you the truth or Mm -hmm. they're just insane And they're Mm -hmm. just making something up and you're supposed to uh, You're supposed to spend the film wondering is it real or is it just in his head? but the depiction of it. Is what bu- bugs me. And I'm just, I, it, I get tired, like is so it, tired of that depiction.
2: You call it a crutch, but is, I mean, would would Alfred Hitchcock's crutch be suspense or would um, Christopher Nolan's crutch be mind bending puzzles or something like that? I mean, isn't it, is
3: it's, it just if you're a hallmark? Good at something?
4: Right. Yeah, if you're good at something, is it a
3: crutch? That's a really good point. I think it's probably. If you see his work, if his work hit you, uh, you know, and, and it, and it works like it succeeds, then you mm-hmm. see it as a, uh, as, a boon. as a, as a boon, as a positive, yeah, boon. as a positive. If you see it, uh, if you don't like it or if it rubs against you or just feels repetitive, then obviously it's a crutch because it's the only thing he seems to be bringing to the table. Right. But Thanks this was a time where everybody and their dog wanted to work with, with him as a director. Like they were all lining yeah, up wait. for it. And this is a case where Bruce Willis, unlike last week was a, was <laughs> willing to uh, give up a bunch of money. <laughs>
2: to reduce his salary. Yeah. yeah. It's to, very, to, it's very funny that, that we had these two movies back to back. Yeah.
3: Cause he was like, Oh, I really want to work with him. And they met, I guess on the set of the Fisher King, according to the trivia, and hit it off and he was like I'd really like to work with you one day and he he took a massive hit and so did uh, somebody else did Pitt wasn't a huge star yet so he just was fine he was like considered up and comer even though within two years he was going to be right you know everything everything but yeah uh, who, I can't remember what the other one was, but somebody else took kind of a hit on there. Oh, I know it was Christopher Plummer. He usually gets more than what he got for his. Oh yeah, uh-huh. Christopher Plummer. Speaking oh, of which, we lost dad.
2: Yeah. Oh man. Like this last week, you know, this is I, I can't remember a time on film Sack when we've picked a movie that features somebody very prominent who passed away in the last week. I know we've done yeah, movies yeah. where I'm sure somebody passed away on the, you know, gaffer or best boy or something, but <laughs> having a, a major actor in our film. Yeah, and you see him immediately. It's like, oh wow, I forgot he was in this. And
4: yeah, that was a weird you know, experience because like he just died. But yeah. right, I'd like to run back to the topic again of the crutch. Yeah, because sure. I Top of the crutch. I, I think there is something. It's an old Irish. I don't know. I think to you. I think anyway, there's a problem with our viewership. The way we, as entertainment consumers in America today have an expectation that our actors and actresses and directors and entertainers need to be extremely diverse. Like, a lot of people criticize M. Night Shyamalan because he has something he's good at Mm. and he does it. They criticize Liam Neeson because we've seen this movie a hundred times. And it's like, why, why do we demand that? Why can't we just say, it's okay that Liam Neeson made another movie? And he's playing the same role again and that's fine as long we as can. they're making money and the people are going to see it, why are we so pissed off? Well, no, no, we can't be. I'm not. And how I do love we, it.
2: and how do we not do like, cause we do the same thing when they go outside of it. Right. Then yeah. diesel does the tooth fairy stick, or something stick like your that. Mane. Boy, right. you really need to stick to action movies. Dude. You know, <laughs> yeah, we do the yeah, same. Yeah. It's exactly the opposite. We're so hypocritical when it comes to that sort of thing. Like,
3: it is weird that we do that, but also, yeah, it's like stay in your lane, but then what are you still doing in your lane? Like,
4: right, <laughs> right. right.
3: It's a weird Entertain
4: us, dance monkeys. Right. I
3: mean, personally, yeah. I, whenever I hear about a new Liam Neeson revenge movie, I'm excited. I like those. Yeah, yeah.
4: I actually enjoy. My yeah, only disappointment
2: so... is that they just don't make you the same character. Just, <laughs> no. just yeah, you just, know, just do it. Let's make it exactly. the taken
4: guy. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Put him. Make him the taken guy.
3: Always the same world. Put him in Expendables yeah. Four while you're at it, because that movie. <laughs> right. I think he's earned <laughs> it. He's <laughs> that would be it. incredible.
1: That would be so, great. I mean, but yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to argue. Whatever it is you're 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 trying to lay on me here. I, <laughs> oh,
4: oh, I'm laying on you. You you called something that someone is good at. You called it a crutch as though it was bad. I am no, straight I out said, saying that what you're calling as crutch is an individual's talent I said, I said my opinion, to bring something to the table.
1: My opinion is that this person, Terry Gilliam, is very good at something. Yeah, and that right. is giving you something to look at. Yeah. And I I am not very entertained by... Movies where there are crazy people doing crazy that's, things. And that's fine. And can't be trusted from beginning to end. You're absolutely so, allowed
4: to have an opinion on a movie. I it, think the problem is that you called it a crutch, which is is like saying, oh, he's just, you know, he's leaning on it. It's, it's, it's a negative connotation.
2: He relies on it too much. Yeah.
1: Because it's because thrillers are movies where you're told a story. And to tell a story, you have to have characters talk and experience things. Mm. And when you go and paper <laughs> okay. over that, yeah. that's you know, what happened in this movie. No actors talk. It's absolutely chock full <laughs> of people who you can't believe, or you no, don't because, know if you should believe because mm. the whole that, movie is around. Is this reality? Wouldn't that be the whole thing?
0: Look at the look whole at thing.
1: Thrillers. <laughs> look at great thrillers. Like, I don't know memento like any Christopher Nolan movie basically Mm -hmm. there there are lots of mysteries and questions (laughs) to to answer and and there's not you know like there's not a uh, there's not a constant misdirection uh, throughout those movies so you know uh, Shutter Island is streaming and it's like watching it you're like oh wow there's this like Question: I, I've seen it before, but I couldn't remember what the. Oh, I've never what seen Shutter Island. That's was. a good reminder to watch Shutter Island because I've never seen and, it. But, uh, here's and, the thing: and the, I'm gonna... the big question slowly gets answered right. is, is my point, right. In, right? Instead of oh, now I'm in a now I'm in a mental institution forever, right? And I'm like, I am not. I don't know if I'm finding out anything of value about the story here. You know?
3: Yeah, even though I mean that stuff that you're talking about in the mental institution is the most memorable and it's the thing people think of when they think of this movie. At least I do, and there's a reason Brad Pitt got nominated for a best supporting actor in this thing. Um, I, I'm going to, this is a weird thing for me to say this. Cause I'm a huge Terry Gilliam fan. And prior to this viewing a huge, uh, 12 monkeys fan and Brian Ibbott and I've talked about this. We're both mm-hmm. like, when we saw it, we'd put it in our top 50. Yeah. not sure how we'll feel. And then we're like, all right, well, we'll so in this, this weekend for film sack, now we've seen it. Mm-hmm. I, I think this movie's got problems and I don't mean like every movie. I mean, it's, I don't know if this is me siding with Randy on this or not, but I guess what I'm going to say is the visual, uh, takes and the sort of Terry Gilliam ness of it Mm -hmm. feels like it's trying to smash itself in with traditional thriller elements and it doesn't mix very well. Like uh David Morse at the airport with his box of horrible virus. Mm-hmm. Um he that feels like tr- that feels like a traditional Jerry Bruckheimer moment. Right. of a of right. like an action movie with Nick Cage or somebody who apparently was almost in this movie. But anyway, uh that that doesn't mix as well with his weird like in the future there's like eight doctors with funny glasses on going Oh, Mister Willis, you freaking doo doo like being the 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 Terry Gilliam shit <laughs> that they do, right. and it and as a result, the end result for me this viewing, and maybe it's because I went in wondering how it was gonna feel. I don't know. I mean, I'd be willing to admit that, but I came out feeling a little, I don't know, like this isn't quite what I. would This isn't on the shelf I'd put it on.
2: Yeah, right. Well, yeah. When you look at the Gilliam movies that we talked about, Brazil, Munchausen, Fisher King, uh, this. Um Fisher Fisher King and this both have that. We've got uh and, and let's use I mean for Randy's uh description of it, let's use the crazy character that is maybe they're right, maybe they're sane, but maybe they're crazy. We've got that in Fisher King, we've got it in this, and because of that, you need these two worlds. You need the Terry Gilliam world of lions walking around the 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 library and uh, bears in front of Macy's, but then you've also got this world where Bruce Willis beats the crap out of a, out of a, a hobo, you know, uh, in an alley. And they've got to be very different because you've got to be able to maintain the, the wonder, the world that he comes from. And then the real world that is, uh, that he's trapped in, that he's, um, yeah. uh, that he's got to change himself. Yeah. Same thing with Fisher King. You've got the real world. You've got the world that, that Robin Williams imagines. And then you've got the real world where, um, his wife died, and, and and all this stuff. Spoiler to people who haven't yeah, seen it. Right, yeah, right. Big spoiler. <laughs> but Baron Munchausen and Brazil and Time Bandits fully take place in that Terry Gilliam world, and so that's why I think this is this is such a stark um, difference, and why it feels like there's there's Gilliamness all over parts of it, but then Gill like stuff that can't have any Gilliamness because I think it would it would soften the harshness of the real world. It certainly would do it in the Fisher King. I right? think you're a hundred
3: percent correct. This is this, yeah. is, you put into the words that I was trying to find. That's the difference. And, and I think that's discordant and it doesn't work like mm-hmm. an example of when this does work, where you take a director with a very renowned style, which Terry Gilliam certainly has. But if you take somebody like, Oh, I just forgot his name, Tim Burton and mm-hmm. Tim Burton, every Tim Burton movie you see all the Tim Burtonisms, Right. Mm -hmm. And most of them are set in a world where the fantasy uh, persists through the entire two hours or whatever length it is. But if you take something like um, big fish, that was his version of this, in my opinion, because that's him saying, all right, I got fantastical stuff happening and big imaginary stuff, but I've also got real world stuff and consequences in half of my movie. Also,
1: Well, and you see, like Big Fish, that's is a the, really good, character. and they do a really good
3: character. job. Like that, I, that's, I, I guess my argument is that does that Tim Burton killed it, and that this doesn't quite do it. Sorry, Randy, go ahead.
1: But I just I can't wait until my next viewing of Big Fish. I've seen it so many times, and it's just one of those movies that just warms my heart because the story has this conclusion that fits the genre. You know what I mean? Like right. in mm-hmm. the in the end, you find out that all of the all of the sort of imaginary stuff was actually based on a, a kind of reality, and you see it all. You revisit it all, and as a viewer, you get to have that moment of re- of recollection, right? And and this kind of thing. And, and Twelve Monkeys is a straight thriller. Like, there's really nothing else to call that movie, right? It is right. a thriller. It is. A, it has. Uh, questions that it asks that you are looking for answers to, you don't always get the answers and that's fine. There's movies Mm -hmm. are sometimes cagey in that way. Right. But along the way, I just feel like this movie spends so much time in hallways with crack peeling painting Mm -hmm. and dirtiness. And like that, that to be entertaining has to also be providing me with something. And it just didn't like over and over and over. Between those moments where I'm like, wow, look at this amazing shot, when people are actually talking, it's just not – I don't know. It just didn't really affect me. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Terry Gilliam fan
4: or not fan. So I going into this 12 Monkeys, I've said before I've only watched bits and pieces of this and never sat down totally all the way through. And the, one of the reasons why is most of the Gilliam films that I've watched are intentionally to make my skin crawl. Is it He doesn't want me to be comfortable – in the world because maybe Terry Gilliam isn't comfortable in his own skin and he's trying to translate that into art. And so I see this less as a thriller and more of a science fiction film that asks a lot of questions, uh, philosophical questions and uh, you know, reality questions. And I, I totally get why that is not accessible to a lot of people or is not entertaining. I found it entertaining. Yeah. Uh, well, I still but, did too. Don't
3: get me wrong. Like yeah. I like this movie, but do I like it as much as I did in '95? I'm not so sure. I think part of it is my my the volume of films that have come since then that either riff on it or one up it. Um, I mean, hell, this is Looper. This is Looper. Yeah, this is Looper. <laughs> oh, it even has Bruce Willis. In Bruce it. Willis is in it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean that. Like I love Looper. Looper is one of my favorite like time travel movies, even though the time travel in it is freaking busted.
2: Yeah. yeah, and I do want to talk about the time travel. I
3: like
4: this one. <laughs> well, this no, I, I really too. do want to talk about the time uh, travel. Let's, let's go ahead. Let's do this because you've
3: really been are. having. We've been having little micro conversations about this all week. Give, give us the lowdown on why yeah. why this one. Here's works.
2: Here's right what's here. great about Twelve Monkeys and the time travel, right? Because all uh, we talk about Looper and how all of a sudden Bruce Willis disappears, but his gun is still there and it drops to the ground. But there was no Bruce Willis ever to bring that gun at the very end when he disappears so why would the gun be there so it's all you know you always look at paradoxes what are the paradoxes right what's great about 12 monkeys is you spend the entire movie in the 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 same timeline it's the timeline where bruce willis appears in in the war that he has a picture taken taken of him he has a bullet in his leg that picture was always in um in the archives the photo that that um madeline Stowe had in her book of uh the dude that uh, bob that comes back to find him or jose can't remember who that is um was always um brad pitt's character was always in the mental mental institution bruce willis was in there with him gave him the idea for the the virus but brad pitt didn't act on it you know it, it basically is you all you spend the entire movie in that same timeline right um and you don't get a resolution you don't get like if there are changes that are going to happen it happens at the end of the movie when whatever the insurance agent does does her thing to stop yeah. the future and and prevent bruce willis from ever being sent back
1: wait, but wait, because wait. yeah i thought it was to ensure the future yeah cuz insurance is her is her job right oh, so she's not really a scientist
2: yeah. i thought she was insurance to uh in case bruce willis failed she was the insurance to stop that, that was how I, I took I it. Forgot well. it was,
4: I forgot it. I I took that as she was insurance to uh to make sure that this always happens. That this what has happened will always happen. Yeah, that was and my take. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but
3: isn't the problem right. that if it's always going to happen, it's She's never going to it's never going to work. Like it's just going to repeat itself every time. Like right. their right. version See, of time if, travel if ensures back, it'll never go go different. It'll if, always. If be we the same. go
4: back to up top. And Bruce Willis kind of loses this a couple of times. If if they go back up top, then the scientists lose all their power. They are in power now. They would not want to relinquish their power because that's more important to them than saving humanity. However, they have to move forward with the idea uh, to uh, placate. Wait, everyone. so you're so saying they're that control. they're they're the, maintaining the that? About you're, saying, control.
3: you're saying they're maintaining that loop to maintain control in the future. I don't know if that's the right. case. So well, they, they so they, they talk so about they
2: send Bruce Willis back because he his or all of these uh time travelers that they send back spark Catherine to write her book right she writes her book she she bumps into what's his face ponytail at the party to her book reveal or uh announcement party right um she calls dr Goines and has him yeah. restrict jeffrey's right uh, uh, release of the from the hospital and also put higher tension or uh, higher security on the or loosen security on the drugs or on the uh, not the drugs the um the virus which lets ponytail take it Morse.
1: david morse david morse (laughs) come ponytail i'm going ponytail i love (laughs) david (laughs) morse and then (laughs) then in the end we find out that david morse's job is to spread the virus around the world
0: yeah, mm-hmm. I love,
1: I love right? how he released the virus,
4: and he's like he's stiffing for it, and he's looking around in their room. The I, thing I, is, I, he didn't need to do any of that, like just. But he didn't. But he did, and I loved it. If that virus was capable of wiping
3: out five billion people, give it to right. one person. Just throw it in the face of the guy, the the customs agent guy, and then leave. Yeah. You're done. If there's one thing we learned from 2020, <laughs> yeah. is that all
2: it takes is yeah. one. Yeah, one, and if it's if one that's that,
3: if, if it's that virulent of a of a of a yeah. pathogen, you don't need to travel anywhere. Right. Yes. right
2: he basically him him getting the uh, security agent to get a whiff of it is is all that he really needed to do yeah
3: right but it's instead they it. treated it like all right there's
4: america see you guys later i'm going to <laughs> europe now check right. <laughs> got it and check mark uh, so right. i feel like you know we could we could fan fiction the crap out of this and you know make our own little uh speculations about what the what the story is actually about but i think terry gilliam is just basically exploring every thought. I don't think he, of course, I don't think he even knows what the end is, but he's asking a lot of questions. Mm. And to me, those questions led to that, to she's insurance. Why, why would someone in power uh, would want to uh, give that up? They, they did, they never, their characters never strike me as uh, anything other than, wanting to control reality Mm. it's funny
2: because you know you
4: i like that i do like that
2: theory because it means that these scientists as sinister as we thought they were they're even more sinister sending bruce willis back because it's their way of making sure and it also means that they're not as bumbling with time as oh absolutely right because they know they're sending him back to 1917 or 1912 they know they're sending him to the wrong year in 1990 too early to do anything because it sets these other wheels in motion. That's a, I like that theory. And I, I wish there was more.
4: Well, I I think there's a lot. There's actually a lot there. It, the Bruce Willis uh, Cole actually says that near the end, that they are just trying to control. He very clearly states that that's what's going on when, when he Mm. becomes aware and he gets, when he almost becomes a complete person near the end, Mm-hmm. He states uh, something to the effect of that they're they're they just the only thing that's is important is control to them. That's that's the only thing that's important. He okay. says it. And I ought to find the dialogue specifically, but well, that, that was supposed to be the later. But see, revelation. here's the, and this is the problem. Like
3: because whenever we're back there, we're we're being as Brian coined the phrase Gilliam, Gilliamish. you know what yes. I mean? And it's so, it's so in there, you're so distracted. It's like, there's a giant communication ball. And it's for some reason, got all their faces on it. Plus Bruce Willis's face. And I don't know what the hell
4: that thing's doing. Weird. Very Terry Gilliam. With they got him, and
3: sued for uh, that.
4: They did what, why they got sued for that, that, uh, that, that high chair is actually was, yeah. uh, was inspired by a, a piece of artwork. Uh, and so they, they <laughs> really, they got, they got sued yeah.
2: for it. Weird.
4: That's yeah, yeah
2: Lebius yeah, Woods. Uh, yeah, uh, created that the he had a the chair was called Neo Mechanical Tower Upper Chamber, which was basically a guy in a chair uh, getting interrogated by a a ball, ball with a bunch of TVs. Yeah, and um, oh, he, he settled for that. a six figure cash settlement Damn. from Universal to drop the suit. Damn,
3: dude! There I didn't know about budget. that. That's crazy. Well, all right, right. Now I'm even more annoyed because. <laughs> if, if you're gonna get all Gilliam on me, do it do it raw from the Gilli- from the heart of Gilliam. You don't have raw, to take somebody right? else's painting and rip it off. Like well, we I don't done. think
2: he knows. Yeah, Gill- Gilliam, Gilliam certainly may that. not have seen yeah. Lebowski artwork because that right. feels so gilliam to me without it
4: yeah, yeah your set decorators come up and say okay we'll, we see this scene like this I'm like oh this is cool and it's like we totally him
1: yeah. it. it sounds just like him that was an amazing yeah. impression right. you my <laughs> favorite you. little tidbit in all that trivia was that those scenes were shot in two different power stations like they they went to the city of baltimore or something and were like we want to shoot inside the weirdest ugliest most electrical wiry place you can rent oh. us love that <laughs> they've got power stations yeah. to, to <laughs> shoot in yeah that's that uh I that like.
2: same guy by the way the the art the architect who um who sued also was officially the conceptual architect behind alien three uh defining the look and feel for that of the third alien uh, weird for the alien third alien movie
3: that's an interesting that's an interesting um uh mantle to pick up after Uh, after Geiger Geiger, or Geiger or however you say it Geiger the documentary I saw ruined my brain because my whole life it's been Geiger like Geiger County and then I I see this doc and I'm like
2: everyone's calling him Geiger yeah I mean he's (laughs) Scandinavian uh, Swedish
3: or Swiss Swiss
2: Swiss yeah right. well, you, you would think
3: it would be Giger that sounds right it never did to name, right? me it freaked me out because my whole life I had books I had all the collectible tabletop uh, books you know you get the coffee table books Or <laughs> right. are you feeling, are and...
4: you feeling divergent right now <laughs> a little <laughs> divergent
2: <laughs> I feel a little divergent what about, tell me it's Nagel or is it Nigel I
3: hope it's right. Nagel it better be Patrick Nagel yeah, oh I, don't you, I don't know could be i don't know i knew a patrick nagel in high school it was not that same patrick nagel but he was nagel yeah. so i can't everything i know is a lie <laughs> uh i have a little bit of scrutiny uh, that mm. i like to get out of the way scrutiny. according to the trivia terry gilliam's first choice for the lead role was jeff bridges whom he had enjoyed working on with the fisher king okay that's fine i believe that it says here that's the great. studio wanted a bigger star so they cast bruce willis Ironically, Bruce Willis was originally auditioned for the Fisher King and lost out to Bridges. It's that last part. I don't think I know. I don't know if I buy that. I know they met on the set. It doesn't mean uh, Willis was supposed to be in there and then he didn't. I don't know if that's he true. It might have been
2: a consideration for the Fisher King. And once Gilliam met him and said, nah, he's not right for this, but maybe he'll be right for the
1: next thing I'm working on. It was on five years him. earlier. So Bruce Willis yeah. was five years less famous.
2: Well, mm-hmm. he was
1: diehard by
2: then, right? Yeah. 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 So he was, but he was also, you know, blind date then. You know, it wasn't Ooh, t- so
4: blind date. <laughs> Let me throw this counterweight on here for you. Whoop. Exactly. It wasn't,
2: you know, it wasn't all diehard level. <laughs> by, by the way, I yeah. just want
3: a, a shout out to Madeline Stowe. Uh, when you look at Bruce Willis today, he mm-hmm. looks like a lumpy thumb. All right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if you look at Madeline Stowe today, what a gorgeous, gorgeous beautiful, Striking woman of her age. She yeah. is like still sixty yeah, something. Lady. She was born in fifty eight. That makes her sixty two. S- yeah, she's drop dead beautiful. I don't know what happened there, and right, she's still, she still working have and that looks great. Cleft
2: chin though.
3: Does nah, she? Yeah,
4: I, I forgot about. Brian's you. got I have a no thing. Problem yeah, with the cleft. Brian's got a thing. <laughs> <with the> <laughs> <laughs> you almost chins? made it to my list.
3: <laughs> Ooh, that's weird. Right when you said that, I'm on a page where it's Madeline Stowe's page, and down below it says known for twelve monkeys shortcuts, and then the general's daughter. Which has got a picture of John Travolta and his cleft chin looking right at
2: me. Oh, (laughs) Oh my God! If they kissed in that movie, they they might like. Does he have an
4: inner like a
3: couple of Legos? Yeah, they turn into they turn into time cop when they do that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, my biggest my my big thing with her, like uh, as far as roles go, why I had her confused with uh, with the Abyss Lady in this, I don't know. But the Last of the Mohicans uh, is the one that jumps out for me every time. I loved her in that. I love that movie. I want to watch Last of the Mohicans like right freaking now. That movie's yeah. great. Can we just all agree? I mean, we're not watching it. Maybe we will. I don't know. But mm-hmm. maybe that is one we should watch. But
4: that movie's uh, let's, so let's good. put it out there when we're let's, ready for a three and Well, a half Let's hour. get through this one first and then we'll uh oh, we'll discuss about dessert later. You don't want to do a four hour epic uh thing? <laughs> no. Okay. No, no, no. I uh, see what I'm you're good. saying. I
3: wouldn't mind watching it though. So
4: how many times do I have to look at Bruce Willis's ass? And did Brad Pitt <laughs> also pull down his pants because he felt left out? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of butt, a lot of man butt in this yeah, movie. Yeah, more man
3: Will butt. Ass. Than I remember. Yeah, especially Bruce Willis had multiple man butt. Yeah, uh, It was and,
1: always scrubbing like, him. Yeah, like that was like it was difficult. I I can just I can really appreciate those shots of him being uh scrubbed although that's all he had to have hated it like there's just no way (laughs) there's no enjoying (laughs) that spiky brush getting yeah and there there's somebody way up above dumping suds downward on it like it's just Mm -hmm. well not only that but
3: you're you're covered in that weird chalky stuff that's like the disinfectant or whatever while you're up in the real world and you know that wasn't a single take they probably had to goop him up three or four times and get multiple shots but of course, you <laughs> know.
2: gotta wash the 90s off of you man yeah. hold on <laughs>
3: blind date it doesn't come <laughs> off you gotta wash the blind date off of him oh my lord <laughs> um the the movie was originally well okay so none of the promotional stuff or sorry none of the actual script said anything about what year that future was set in but all the promotional stuff and uh some earlier script stuff did say that the future scenes all take place in the year 2035 so right.
4: we, Which would make sense because you would have to calculate if he was 8 in 96, how old would he be? Somewhere in his 40s, yeah. Right. I, I, and he had been there for eight years at least
1: yeah. before he got Arrested, right. and that ahead. was one of the things about the movie I didn't like. I I needed like there were times when it repeated itself, and I'm like, okay, you didn't need to tell me that; I figured it out. But then there were other things where I'm like, how far in the future are these people? Are they in '97? I didn't know, mm-hmm. and that bugged me. Yeah, they never. They, I kind
3: of do wish they would have made more illusions about how far in the future yeah. it was. Knowing it, 2035 it, uh, actually helps me, but it'd be nice if
4: right.
1: the movie it had itself, to be at
4: least eight years according to the dialogue that was happening because he was arrested and he had been in jail for eight years at that point in time. So mm-hmm. it had to be beyond 96 by eight years.
3: Yeah. Before. You had at least that as a baseline, but it also right. felt way in the future because everyone's weird and psycho and, and that had, that can't be, that can't be the year
4: 1999. Right. Or 2000. And they never showed, they never really showed anything out of the prison underground, which made you feel like everybody was in prison. There was no way you could avoid it.
2: Right, you didn't see what any of the rest of the underground looked like. You you just saw right. the 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 vacant uh, uh, over overground. Right, <laughs> overground <laughs> surface yeah. surface world you know overrun by animals. They said, and one, they, said 1%, thing, they said one percent.
3: They said one percent of the earth was was survived and that or one yeah. percent of humanity rather. And there, right. if there were five billion, they were acting like five billion died. I assume. Wow, see, this is the thing. In 95, I think the world population was like six and a half to seven billion. So it's right. Not, and yeah.
4: this this movie, he uses a lot of Gilliam uses uh, a lot of numbering. I mean, five, five is meant to represent something. Six represents something. Twelve, seven. There's a lot of use of of. Of numbers, and dis- oh, oh so. no! Don't
1: tell me that. Oh, there is a lot of use of numbers. <laughs> I, would, in I would so much rather it just be haphazard and not uh, some sort <laughs> you of. Would, play. You would like it to be, but it's not. You'd there's like it to be, of, but like remember, there's a
4: lot of. He throws a lot of stuff in this pot. Not all of it connects, but it's not supposed. This to. is
3: this is Brian.
4: The rain means something in Minority Report. Well, it's not, no, no, I mean because Gilliam even mentions in the movie and the sources he comes from that it's supposed to be very layered and have a lot of things that are. Uh, may may mean something, may not. So he put a lot of things in here uh, that intentionally could mean other things, mm. but they don't necessarily have to be. So
3: do you think this stuff worked better in a movie like Fear and Loathing where you knew it was drug-induced, you know? Like, in, in this thing, they're trying to they're trying to flatly say, here's the modern day, and then here's the future, and the future's pretty weird. Right. Da, 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 the da, question
4: is, who is... Uh, the real question is, who is our uh, omniscient viewer? Is it... And, and who is actually... Insane. Who is the storyteller? Jose
1: is the storyteller in this. (laughs) So, of course, like the reason she's a psychiatrist, the like that, but it was such a trope, man, such a trope that you're going to bring. We're going to bring somebody who's an expert on the subject along for the ride to make sure that the audience knows what's going on. Like, of course, that's like she is your uh, representative of the audience in this thing. Yeah, Uh, it was just like. A little too on the nose to make her a psychiatrist, really. Okay, yeah, but there's
2: I, not another way for
1: the two of them to to connect for sure. And usually, that's a detective, which is just as tropey, right? Like, sure, like so. so okay, I get it. And uh, yes, of course, she's also a very attractive woman, right? Okay, all right, sure, sure, sure. Like, Age I'm
2: appropriate. Not, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't have a problem with that stuff. It's just that when you put it all together, you know, like part of his job in the movie is to convince her of the nature of things. Right. Mm -hmm. And she's like, but she's a psychiatrist. She's going to just think he's crazy. Right. Like just, I don't know. There was this oversimplification of who we are and what our motives are that just, I I don't know. It never really paid off. Well, the
3: minute she showed up and was doing, you know, talking to him at that little grouping of psychiatrists who are all trying to figure out how to condemn him or do whatever they were going to do. It was I just went oh okay well she's gonna be with him the whole time like
1: and I remember between I, I love that our first introduction to her is she's giving a speech and there's this girl in the audience who doesn't have her beeper set on silent yeah. <laughs> what's wrong with you I was so right. mad at that girl <laughs> beeper no that was her wasn't that her her yeah, beeper? It was her, yeah. yeah it was her getting up at the beeper. okay right someone else is giving the speech and <laughs> right, right, right right okay
3: right because she gave a speech later it's easy to mix those two yeah. up. yes yeah, she got a yeah. beep
4: to come pick up Bruce Willis's naked uh, exactly. Uh, but Come but, see Bruce Willis's butt. Yep. he was definitely wearing a condom. I don't understand what exactly <laughs> Gilliam was trying to say at any point in time. But wait it was, a minute, what? the
2: whole body condom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was he, it was you're saying he was wearing time. a. He
3: wasn't wearing a condom when he was getting hosed down. that's not what you're talking. Well, about
4: he here. wore no, no. he wore the lady's uh, jacket that was see-through. see through. See, when time traveling once again, you got to be naked. <laughs> don't know why, <laughs> uh, but and so he had the only thing that he had access to he couldn't hide. That was, that was always what was going on. He couldn't hide yeah. no matter what he wanted to do. Yeah. He always had to, to be visible. Essentially. Yeah, that's true. Uh, by the way, Which is I, a, you know, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. What are you going to say? Sorry. Oh, um, I was just going to say that's just the, this is the point of where this character is very vulnerable. I mean, oh, I he's, he's mean. always being naked, never gets any privacy, uh, to that point.
3: Well, check out their tagline that was originally suggested for the film. And it got pulled for obvious reasons, but this was the tagline. The future is in the hands of a man who has none. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They they meant no future. They didn't mean no hands. No No hands. No hands. It sounds like he's not going to see that. It freaks me out, man. Yeah. So they took it out. That's my favorite trivia in years. I think
4: that's amazing. (laughs) So good. But um, it's hard to make up clever things without. It is hard.
3: It's not as easy as people think it is. But Brad Pitt. So okay. So Brad Pitt. uh, We were talking about how he was kind of still considered up and comer, but really that's when he signed on to this, and when he signed on it. He wasn't. He got a relatively small salary. It wasn't the high. wasn't even close to like the top three highest paid people in the film. But by the time this thing comes out, in the intervening time, he had done Vampire or uh, sorry Interview with the Vampire. Uh, he did Legends of the Fall. Both those were in '94, but those were contracted well before that. And then Seven in '95 made him the top paid, one of the top paid salaried actors in the entire freaking business by the time this movie comes out. But his right. deal was like low because he was still kind of um I don't know, what did he do on before this? Cool world level uh uh-huh. m- yeah. money. Did we ever see Cool World? Cool World money.
4: No, we did not. We talked about it a million times. Yeah. Get it on the list. <laughs> it's already on the list, Brian. We I'm did just you're gotta right. Say, I, I
1: thought Bruce Willis was amazing in this movie. Like yeah. I I understand why Brad Pitt got a, a Oscar nomination, uh, especially given that he was kind of out of type, like that's what you're supposed to do, right? You're supposed to play a, a different than your usual typecasting. Yeah. But like Bruce Willis, like had to, had to walk this line, right? He had to, he had to seem credible, but also questionably crazy yeah and he did it perfectly there's there's a bunch of like physical acting in here and again you got to give gilliam credit for directing that out of him like where he where when you're not supposed to be trusting bruce willis entirely he gets a little stiff his arms get a little crooked you know right and it's just like there's little things like that that are beautiful in this movie yeah really well done
3: yeah he's really good in it i'm trying to think of a thing um that he's more i don't know to has been in a lot of movies, maybe Six Sense or something. But
4: where, it's, where it's, you yeah, really... it
1: sucks that we've all seen Six Sense first. Like yeah. I wish I could, I could have seen this in its place. You know, yeah. Yeah. all I see is dead I people when Sixth he Sixth. said that. Right. Yeah. 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 He. Oh yeah, he did say that, didn't he? That's weird. yeah. Well, all yeah, I see did. is
4: dead people. I was like, I oh, said the thing, but he yeah. doesn't right. say another movie.
3: But still, it's close enough. But he didn't know, or did Talking he? Because he's really from Looper, and he's been to Whoa. the future. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was weird. We're used to, like last week, it was Schwarzenegger saying stuff that we all have heard him say when he was younger, but in this one, it was a film he hadn't made yet, and that
2: right. was just a
4: weird thing right to hear.
2: But uh, yeah, it's... Well, a, he didn't and, and Haley Joel Osment
4: really said the line, I see dead people. Exactly, that's what I say. Yeah, good yeah. point. But, that's, but see, that's the thing. This movie is trying to convince you from its source material that it was inspired by, as well as the movie itself, that the things that you see is always the same thing but every time you observe it, you observe it differently. Just like the scene in the airport, it was it wasn't. They could he could very easily just made it the same scene every time. But they shot it differently. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. every time right. They to, showed to it different you, perspectives to give yeah. you more information. Uh, like that's 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 what I'm talking about. There's this uh, understanding that there's an audience for this mm-hmm. that that goes real deep in this movie. And so every time you see the airport scene you're getting more information you're slowly finding out oh David Morse is in here hmm. and the next time mm-hmm. you see it you're like you you have come to realize that it's probably the kid is probably Bruce Willis and you mm-hmm. didn't know that the first time you saw it it was just a kid I was, was worried sky- that Ricky I was worried that Bruce Willis was actually Ricky Newman in the hole <laughs>
4: for a while. Yeah, no. I'm like, wait, <laughs> is he the kid in the hole too? Yeah. He's in the
2: barn, Brian, not the kid in the hole. He's in the barn. Yeah, he's in the barn, see? The barn.
4: He was living barn. two realities.
3: That's right. I didn't I didn't know where that was going. There's a lot of misdirection. We've, we've said that, but mm-hmm. one of the right. biggest, I heard a joke on Twitter. Somebody replied to the Film Sack account. I cannot find it. I was going to try to find it and read it verbatim, but it went something like this. Here's his favorite joke about that movie. Uh, Bruce Willis, Madeline Stowe, and christopher Plummer doesn't really matter who walk into a walk bar. into a bar the bartender <laughs> is played by brad pitt but that doesn't matter at all and that's the joke that's the entire joke because brad pitt it. didn't matter at all in the end it freaking it was the biggest misdirect yeah. mulligan yeah. of all yeah, time Misdirection. oh absolutely, absolutely. Yes, mcguffin not mulligan mulligan's when you get to do your shot over right. at golf well, uh, and again mcguffin again I mean. we've seen MacGuffin. so
1: many great thrillers red herring this yeah red herring thank you yeah uh we've seen so many great thrillers since this that didn't do that and that's you know that like again that's just a, a little thing that was kind of stuck in my craw like can't why you know he had source material they added a lot to this you know french short film and like why add that you know what i mean like why 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 add something purposelessly uh, it, it's just kind of again i came away like from- like the 12 monkeys with Brad I mean, Pitt or adding something,
4: the, adding
2: the fake or the 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 red herring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I just because it, it for the whole movie gives you something to to look classic at. Classic movie, distracted by. Yeah, and then you find out. Oh my god, this thing that like the whole army of the twelve monkeys is this circular thing that came from him that he was trying to find out from, but it was his knowledge of it. It you know right. the twelve right. monkeys exists because he made it exist.
3: Yeah, I. It's. I'm torn on this one because the movie already has two or three of these, and mm-hmm. so this was just like another one. And this one just felt like okay, great. You've taken a major character from this thing and put a major twist on him and then you've just thrown him out with the with the with the bathwater. Right. Like, it just seems right. like no big deal. And I know but, it's not the first time is, this has happened. I know this happens a but lot. But it also movies. points
2: yeah. to how the the future. You know, there are things that'll happen that we just won't know, and we'll make assumptions based on what we've seen. Because the 12 Monkeys, uh, Brad Pitt's group releasing all of the animals and locking Dad in a cage all happened around the time of the virus release, and they did the We Did It signs and all that. Yeah. Um, all happened at the same time. The future just assumed that those things were related. Right. And. It's kind of a cool, you know, another cool perspective. Goes. Yeah, right. exactly.
4: It turns into truth. Yeah. It's, uh, there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of things that Gilliam throws in here, a lot of questions, and I, I, they're intentionally not meant to be answered, Right. but they are fun for they can be. They can be. Uh,
3: the, 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 I will give him credit for this because I'd even forgotten how it went, but the idea, the, the twist at the end is actually kind of hard to see coming until he puts the mustache and the long hair on.
4: -hmm. But yeah, they never never reveal that it's him,
3: right? But him, since they focus so much on, you know, it's like a magic trick. Like, look at this hand, and that hand is oh, he's a little kid then. It's in the '90s, and he sees this dude getting shot as he's running down the the airport thing, trying to chase this guy with a briefcase for who knows why, and he witnesses it. Oh man! And they do a great job of making that seem like that's the Bruce Willis. That's that's the whole origin of his like you know all of his problems and where things were headed. You never once think, oh, the guy running in the horrible shirt and the bad mustache is the, is him. You never think yeah. that. And then even later yeah. they confuse it more by one of his dreams has Brad Pitt in that role, and it's like right. it's. And at the end, I was like, oh right. I mean, I've even I seen was, this, and I forgot that that's how this ends up. That he's the guy.
4: I thought it was interesting that I, I wanted to the the next part that I wanted to see. Was the continued folly to try to change history by Dr. Rayleigh trying to approach Bruce Willis's child character to let him know what needs to be Mm -hmm. done and that Mm -hmm. that could resolve. Because she locks
2: eyes with him in the airport and realizes that that, that's him. Right. And
4: And so she has another
1: opportunity mm -hmm. to uh, change the future. Mm hmm. Yeah. uh we haven't I don't think we've talked enough about this writer because it's it's so well written like all of the all of this dialogue and the way the you know the characters like uh, treat each other mm. very very well well written um I'm forgetting his name David people's David peoples mm. is, is our writer here and I mean we're talking about one of the most successful and famous writers in the history right. of Hollywood right and it was David yeah. peoples in his was it his wife as well because he he
4: co-wrote with somebody right wasn't yeah janet janet peoples right i'm assuming wife i
1: could be wrong with her husband david peoples yep peoples Um, they're the peoples uh i can't get over how many film sack films have come (laughs) out of david peoples (laughs) Mm. seriously i feel like i feel like we've sacked unforgiven i have we i don't know no No, we have not but we did we talk about a lot yeah. Recently.
3: Yeah. It's
2: come up a well, lot. Blade Runner. Blade Runner, of course, we've got Lady, Lady Hawk. Yeah. I think we went deep. I think we talked one one a lot about Unforgiven
3: on um uh the t- not Outlaw Josie Wales, the other one. Good good, the dead and the monkey. What is it?
4: Good, <laughs> <laughs> the dead and the monkey.
3: Uh, <laughs> good, the bad, and the and the ugly. That's it. Uh yeah. when we watched that, we did a lot of references <laughs> to that, but I would love to get well, it's another three and a half hour movie, so maybe not. But but I love Unforgiven so much. Oh my
0: gosh!
1: The, sure. I mean, the main thing, excuse the main thing I need is, to watch that—that'd be great. Um, in, in terms of dialogue, those movies all go together like yeah. perfectly, mm-hmm. and and this one does too. Like the 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 way dialogue works in this movie, it's very similar to Unforgiven and Blade Runner. Oh my gosh! I thought about yeah. Blade Runner fifty times yeah. during yeah. this movie. But I also thought about the game. Did anybody else think about the movie The Game? Uh, is that the, I didn't.
2: But um, the, the Michael Douglas. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, I was surprised to find there really isn't any connective tissue between those two movies. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept thinking of it. Just kept coming to mind. Yeah, was, that's weird. Well, I mean, part right. of it is
3: you're you're there's a facade happening, and you're trying to decide if you're crazy or not. And the game is all about whether Michael Douglas is losing right. it or not. Is this it's really happening? Control. Am I
2: imagining it happening? Yeah,
3: yeah. Right. We did watch that one. That one is definitely... We did.
2: Yeah, we absolutely things. did.
3: Uh, one of my favorite... One of the microbiologist guys is this actor named Bill Raymond. And you all know him from a thousand things. Um, I just want to shout out to that dude. He's still with us. Born in 38. Old dude. Uh, he oh, was man. in Lincoln. He was He's in that Michael the, Clinton movie. Is he movie. the main
2: guy that's like... Uh, um. Are you She's, talking about the why psychiatrist? Is she defensive? Why is she so defensive? Isn't she being defensive, that guy? That
4: guy. I think it's that. Yes, that guy. That's yeah. the dude. And yeah, yeah, the 96 psychiatrist. Is that? No, that's not, that's not the guy.
3: No, no, no. He played, hold on. He played microbiologist is how he was. So uh, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. He's Well, no, so he's, he's in the past, future. I think. I think he's in the past.
4: No, Bill Raymond is the future guy. I think I think the other guy is... Uh, now I have those two confused, but I really like that yeah. actor. And I'm it's just... easy, though, because that's intentional. There is a, a reflection of characters in the future to the psychiatrist in the present. So, I mean, they're... Yeah, like that was on purpose, right? They were kind of yeah, trying one to... One
3: one. to one. Oh, that's also... The, that's I, the 12s. Never mind, speaking of... Okay, I got a chick in the bucket. Maybe we'll find out. Grab a bucket. But I think that weird, bald dude who we heard in the intro this guy he's got a history doctor Vi- also he called he, him yachter tiny anyway vernon campbell why do you think he called him yachter hold on let me hear that again
0: he's got a history
4: doctor he says yachter <laughs> he's from he's from <laughs> jersey what do you want he's he just
2: doesn't jersey. pronounce the d just carries the y over from the end of history got history yachter. yeah but they
3: always make it seem like he's going to be a major like sub boss or something or you know right, something right. weird's going to happen with him he just never
4: panned out and there's and there's a reflection of those two characters as well uh both in the past and the future there's like two enforcers. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. Well, and he's the same guy though, right?
4: Do I have that right? I don't think no. I think it's played by two different
2: characters.
3: I think it's the same it's the guy dude. That he's you,
4: traveling. You right.
2: It says use the other elevator and it's I, the same guy. I, I
3: think it's the same guy. He's just time traveling. He's like Might he's be. like Jose. He's it's, just to making yeah. sure Bruce Willis is doing what he's supposed to do and then checks in on him once in yeah. a while. I'm pretty sure that's the same right.
4: guy. Right. I it probably is. Like I said, they, they flashed up so fast, I only get to watch this one time and it, it was it was intentionally meant to make you question, mm-hmm. wait, yeah. what's going on? And why isn't that guy future? affected
2: by the time travel memory loss sickness? Right.
4: <laughs> because yeah. he's in on it. Because he's He's in on it.
2: I don't know if I want, ever want to see Bruce Willis drool
3: again. I'm done with that. Oh, yeah, man, I just knew. I believe
2: that that's what Gross got out the most is not necessarily him <laughs> drooling, the but the of fact the that uh, Brad Pitt had to handle you know, even yeah. if it's glycerin yeah it still was in bruce willis's mouth and and brad pitt is like yeah. handling yeah. it like he's testing the spaghetti to see if it's done the
3: <laughs> gross I, it, okay you're not wrong but it tied this week for one other oh. thing oh
2: not, not eating the spider
3: no uh, that was, okay. that was, that was fake yeah. that that's no geez, big deal.
2: handling that damn spider <laughs> handling the spider <laughs> was freaking real and that freaked me <laughs> out yeah i don't like handling a spider that's because that's a that's a really wicked looking spider.
3: Or even that big roach or any of that stuff. I just
4: oh, do roach, yeah. What
1: about the what My about God. the thing where uh she throws open the bathroom door and uh Bruce Willis has yeah. yanked the teeth out of the mouth did he bite the teeth out of the mouth of the gigolo that attacked them? Oh, I don't no, know. he pulled his own teeth out. He pulled out. his own teeth right? out to freak that was him the out. way
2: that they could pull him back to yeah, the future. Yeah, yeah. Right.
4: Yeah. I don't know why okay. he had to do it in front of the <laughs> the chick so well he did it so <laughs> that there
2: could be screaming on the other side of the door
3: and, right
4: uh, right i'm uh, gonna show you something yeah yeah
3: well okay they tied with the it was a very brief moment and i actually put it in our discord yesterday so you guys can see it but there's a early scene where the camera's panning past the holding cell at the psycho ward and there is a guy sitting there in a red jacket, like a Michael Jackson jacket, with his sleeves rolled oh, up. Oh, yeah, bit. yeah. He just had barfed all over himself. Oh, all over he, the oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
4: that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah and it's
3: down.
2: Yeah. I didn't see the already Woo. found what grossed me out the most. But now that I see that, yeah. it, it's like, oh, well, Duh. that probably Duh. should have been my yeah. guess. Yeah. Well, so we had I was
4: kind of grossed we out with a- Brad Pitt flipping his birdie finger all in his front of his teeth. That was kind of like, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's a gross. He was good with the middle finger, though. He was good with that thing.
3: He was always looking that out. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and rank it among the best bird throwing in the history of film. I think he is a good bird flipper. Uh, I'm trying to think of a better one. I can't. I can't do it. Nope. Impossible. Yeah. Lots of birds. I
4: liked his I liked his uh, his fake eye contact. I need one of those. It's always pointing down. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, they said
3: that he had to wear this really uncomfortable custom eye piece thing, and I wasn't sure yeah. if that was the case or if someone's making that up. But was that real? Was he? No. Oh
4: my gosh! Yeah, no there's,
3: one can look
1: down like that. There's nothing that
2: makes you look crazier than your eyes right. going off. And- <laughs> one eye drooping.
1: <laughs> and actually, it was so good. It was so well portrayed that I actually had a moment where I was like, "Is Brett? How is he? Don't have." does he actually have bad arms? all right i'm not, right like i didn't know for just an instant i yeah. actually thought about other brad pitt movies I'm like yeah no no those are that's just a prosthetic there's no way i wouldn't have noticed brad pitt doing that or being like that <laughs> yeah it's weird but we're I mean, only like
3: what two years away from fight club or something is that
1: right yeah i thought this right. was fight
4: club this wasn't fight club yeah. i thought bruce willis was well, you're not supposed to talk yeah. about it, so how would we even know? Because oh, you're right? not supposed to talk see? about the Fight Club. Oh, I thought Brad Pitt was Bruce Willis. Let me double check you know, that because I,
2: right.
3: I I think that year I have that year in my head right. Uh, ninety nine,
2: uh, I thought it was Fight Club.
3: You might be right
1: afterwards. Um, yeah. Two thousand, definitely ninety nine. Why is oh, thanks Rain Man? Answer. Definitely. <laughs> I just remember. I remember where I saw it. Oh, you're 100% how many
4: right? did we yep. drop on the ground?
3: It was ninety nine. Okay. Oh, and Snatch was two thousand. Oh man. Uh, and the mexican is terrible don't watch that all right anyway yeah. point is uh there is no point i wasn't making a point okay. <laughs> so right. we, we established not. what grossed me out so well done everybody we we did it yeah. uh here's the funny uh, ironic thing about this movie everything looks yeah. like it has a layer of of goopy ash on it right it looks like a tool video yeah. everywhere you yeah. go yeah. um yeah. ironically if you ever look this up Utah has a phenomenon that doesn't happen very often, but because the Great Salt Lake is a, uh, and the salt flats are these huge prehistoric, you know, uh, places, uh, normally this time of year, there's enough snow out there that when there's a storm, it's just snow on top of this this, uh, salt. But when there's not a lot of snow on the ground and a big storm comes in with a lot of wind, salt Mm. gets sucked up into the sky. And then when precipitation happens, or snow, the snow brings all that snalt salt down. Snalt. Snalt. And then you go outside the day after, and everything's covered in what looks like mud. Uh, or like gray, like almost like, an, uh, um, like a volcano weird. went off, and everything got right. white. And that happened right when I'm watching this movie. So I'm just weird. saying it's a little bit weird to watch this, and then go outside, take care of the dogs or whatever, and just see this thick... 12 monkeys layer of shit on everything
1: and it was just a weird it was weird shit. man it was like <laughs> film sack was in my real life it was really weird was, mm-hmm. was there a single Divergent. scene in this movie that was pretty I I was trying oh, to abs- think of one. Yeah,
4: the the snow at the very beginning when he goes topside and the humans have all
1: disappeared. I think that was well. Pretty. I don't know, I don't know it but it wasn't, it wasn't depicted as pretty. That was like everything is broken and they're like overgrown and so on. I thought it was beautiful. Maybe it's just it's a beautiful. I don't know, no, no. I'm not asking a a if, if, if there was something you thought was beautiful. I'm right. asking if there was something that was portrayed as beautiful like y- usually that's a that's a common thing in in these like dirty ugly broken down movies is that you there's something and you're supposed to be drawn to it this Well he loves know, this, he loved
3: the uh, you're right cuz there were like when he's breathing in the air and saying oh i've never mm-hmm. uh the air or whatever and and she's like whatever we're in like the dankest room in this
1: place and yeah, it's, it's gross like, in here But <laughs> what about so. the dank Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh that scene that is that is my most memorable thing in the movie that yeah. scene because mm-hmm. he's because he's so freaking interested in, hey, he, he does it in other scenes too, right? Like he's really, really interested in music, <laughs> like yeah. certain songs that he just right. adores.
3: What was he listening? Oh, I was like, um, uh, no. I can't think of the name. Blueberry right, yeah, Hill. Kid, yeah. Blueberry Hill, yeah. Blueberry Hill yeah. and boy, what a wonderful world, that one. And yeah, Louis
2: Armstrong. Yeah.
3: Yep. So he apparently was really into stuff his parents were into because he would have been a 90s kid right right because in 95 or 96 or whatever he's in the airport he's a little yep. kid so technically this is like some kid if he went home he'd have a genesis on his tv and a freaking
2: <laughs>
1: right yeah like that's and, and a of weird way the, to think of that of course about. the movie uh i don't, I don't want to hate putting stuff like this on terry gilliam solely but it, the movie seems like terry gilliam is a really really old man <laughs> so like so like the the you know, the technology in the movie is yeah. all supposed to be frozen in basically the late eighties. Yeah. Is right, kind of right. kind of what we're getting. And it would have been very, very interesting if a Sega Genesis had been a part of this. But like I say, Terry Gilliams an old man. He doesn't know from Sega Genesis. That doesn't mean right. anything to him. Hold it. on, he probably butchered in- a few
2: game gears to right. make that interrogation uh, robot. Uh, yeah, good. Uh, point. According
4: to the trivia, they said that Terry Gilliams only request for the set design decoration was that they found things that were uh, prior to the nineties, um, mm-hmm. meaning that they basically looted like uh, old, old like underground. So anything they could find that was basically trashed. So, but yeah. Well, so Terry, Terry Gilliam was, was born guy. in
3: 1940. That would have made him what? Uh, let's see. 55, 50. Yeah. Old guy,
4: old guy. Yeah. I mean, that's that's
3: interesting. I don't think of him as that old, but I guess he is.
1: Mm. Every yeah. now and now then. more than
4: that now, I <laughs> know it may surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> time keeps going. Yeah, time keeps ticking, for one, sure.
1: One of the most engaging things on social media that I can think of is people constantly asking a, a question that gets you to somehow define your age, your generation, mm-hmm. uh, especially different from other ages and generations. And mine has come to be I grew up in the generation that made and went to car stereo stores. Uh That's the Mm, uh, like, like there really weren't car stereo stores before a certain moment. They were really big and popular for about a decade. And yeah. then they stopped being necessary or something. Yeah. <laughs> and man, car stereo store was so freaking important to me when I was a 18 years old. And I I didn't have a good car. I had friends who had like mm-hmm. really badass cars for uh, beefing up the stereo in there. But I didn't. I had a an 81 Ford Escort was my car yeah. for a long time. And I man, I packed that piece of crap with big speakers and did you go go to
4: did you go to boom (laughs) off and get your db tested
1: (laughs) no i i i I I didn't really care about that kind of i was i was like super selfish about you know what i like i wanted to sit in my car and listen to music yeah but um The anyway, the the scene where the cars the scene where he reaches forward (laughs) and changes the channel on her car stereo just like really stuck with me. Yeah, you know
3: what? That That is uh funny. I think there's a name, I think we all can relate to a period where a car stereo store was cool, or at least the section at Mm -hmm. Ultimate Electronics or wherever you went, they had a whole zone and a room you could go into where it was like soundproofed and
2: push push buttons next to each stereo so yeah, you can right. hear the difference yeah would you uh, like to go deaf come on in you guys all have uh stereos where you had the faceplate plate you had to pop off stick into oh a yeah
4: you gotta take the widget and then,
2: yep. and then carry it around with you
4: wherever Adults you want somebody i'll rob it yeah it you don't was, want yeah, your car that was to get like robbed. the number
3: one uh theft fear that you had back then for sure. i yeah. want
1: to hear from from you if you're under 35 and you're listening to this. i want to know <laughs> <laughs> because like seriously it's so it just seems really specific yeah, to me yeah. you know yeah. yeah, it
3: was and, and now i mean this they'll still exist like mm-hmm. they're yeah. there it's just not the cultural it's
2: not in popular culture thing. as much
4: as yeah. it was no i mean we right
2: now at. you just get the the unit inside your car that has a a display but really it's really just there so that you can see the things on your phone when you plug your phone into it and right. access all that stuff
3: yeah that i remember walking in there going it. how would my alice in Chains cd sound in this let's hear rooster right. in here and and i would crank it as loud as i could and you yeah. thought that was so for cool. me.
1: For me, it was a collective soul album, and the song was called Heavy. And it was wonderful because it starts out stereo split. And so you could really tell the difference. You could tell if like one side wasn't installed correctly. Mm-hmm. No wonder you didn't go to the boom offs.
4: Or, or you go <laughs> in there with the,
2: uh, Children of the Sun by Billy Thorpe. That was my
4: oh, how nice. to test speakers. Uh, I had I had Arc Disc. What are you talking about? Oh, I know the Tellard Disks. Of course, Tellard Disks yeah. are great for testing your sound.
3: Well, if you use like a Beatles song, I even mean, you could do it because they have all that split stereo stuff. Yeah. I, the stuff I hate just to listen to randomly, but is a good way to test your left and rights.
2: <laughs> uh, hey, Bulldog by the Beatles. Good yeah. good uh, speaker test right there.
1: Yep. I never understood. I'm, I'm that also just old enough to care about Bang & Olufsen. Like I still yeah. kind of want a and o stereo system in my home. I I don't and I don't think it's necessary. I really, yeah. really, really don't. But I'm just there. It's still lingering in the back of my mind. Now, something. if you don't know who I just who is want to any be able to is.
2: mount it on the wall and have the yeah,
1: l- slide right. over
2: and expose the uh, the disc, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you've never heard of that before. It
3: sounded like what Randy just said is I really still would like to bang somebody <laughs> named Olofsson.
2: <laughs> some some uh, Swedish guy named Olofsson. Yeah, me
1: yeah, and together. they probably call it Bong and Olofsson, probably, Ooh, which yeah. doesn't help.
3: No, it doesn't help <laughs> at all. It just takes us to a
2: whole new place. Bang and <laughs> <laughs> Um All
3: right. Do you want to do uh, – let's do clips. Uh, I have some clips. A couple,
2: couple things yeah. before clips that I had notes that we never got around to. Uh, I do love the fact that they the only time travel they show is just the – plunger shooting them through yeah, into the oculus them. shape right yeah we don't get the um the terminator ball of electricity or the sam right quantum leap and, and see
4: it it reflects it reflects the idea of an mri machine he even stops yeah uh, and looks yeah. at the mri machine in modern times and i, I that's another question was reality? Yeah, Is, yeah Am right. I just imagine
1: all this? Right. It took me a long time to figure out how he got out of the jail cell in the mental institution. Mm. A long time. Yeah. I like he. They're looking up at the fan above in the ceiling, and I'm like, Yeah, how did yeah. You get through that, I'm thinking oh, of Die Hard. Right, right. Mm-hmm. How like, seriously, I was minutes later It a courtroom. You think he's up oh. at an event
4: going, uh, come to the past. We'll have a few laughs. Right. laughs. You were looking for posters on the wall. He's climbing through the sewage. You can't find him. Yeah. we
2: get together have drinks. It'll be great. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see all oh the, all the old people actors in the mental institution had to uh, get bopped on the head and pushed around by Brad Pitt as he's walking around. Yes. Yeah, I love that. So you know all these people have grandkids that are like, oh yeah, my my grandma got bapped on the head by uh, Brad Pitt <laughs> in Twelve Monkeys.
3: <laughs> and, he and wasn't like so off either. He was like, like, some of those people got whacked,
2: but anyway, they really did. Yeah, yeah. he just yells at them. And, yeah. Uh, last thing was uh, uh, posters for the band Muse. I saw really that. Neat.
4: Was that for the band? It's Maybe? not
2: for the band, but it's their, okay. it's their font. It's right. their, yeah. you know, it was a concert poster, but I had to look it up and it's like, the band was around in 1995, but it, it's not the band's poster. And weird. it's just such a weird okay. coincidence. That, that yeah. Ebba,
1: weird. Ebba, did you go to the Muse concert at BuzzCon? Yes. My gosh, they're good. Oh, they're so good.
2: Yeah. I, I really like, I, I made they're a mix of their music. Like, basically, I took the concert Did you bring your dad? (laughs) No, I didn't bring my dad. I basically (laughs) got the set list after the concert and made a mix because that was such a great concert i wanted to
1: listen oh, to yeah. you did it the way. Studio yeah, that's that's legal version right. brian is always it. doing it I, the
3: legal way that's how he does it
1: i pulled <laughs> i pulled it off of setlist fm and, and made a spotify playlist out yeah. of that concert because it was yeah. so good
2: they're awesome they really are so i
3: good. used to confuse them with blur we've had this conversation i know they're oh, nothing like blur Woohoo! but i still yeah woohoo i keep i still get those i do it every time <laughs> don't know why just mix them up um all right let's do clips all
2: Right. yeah no, we do clips oh yeah, and I, I, the only other
3: thing i wanted to say is just imagine a naked Bruce Willis showing up in your foxhole in the middle of a fight with the Germans and the mustard right. gas and everything else. What a weird concept that is. Just naked Bruce mm. Willis in the middle of World War One. People are <laughs> dying left and right. Freaking Jose Jose's there for who knows why. Like, what a weird, <laughs> memorable scene. All right, clips. Yeah. Here are some clips. Um, and I'll give you, to start with, this one. Uh, this sounds like Ninja Go to me. Okay, so just listen to what happens here. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> All right. He sounds like he says Ninja. <laughs> so he's talking about
2: the Lego. Yeah, he's talking about the Lego thing. Uh, oh, the nin- Ninjago Ninjago.
3: Uh, okay. Yeah. What do you what's your favorite toy, Bruce Willis, from the future? Okay, great. We need to go. Oh, is that what he's saying? Do we need right. to come up with a yeah.
2: competitor to Pokemon Go? What should we call it?
3: <laughs> need to go, go. Can't stay. No talk. <laughs> Ninja must leave. Ninja go. <laughs> All right. Here's uh, some audio I got from uh, from your prom, but this actually came from the girl you're with. Uh, this isn't your mom, Brian. This is from your the girl. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Um, and... Uh, so, oh, and somebody had said on a camera email, maybe they said, hey, you never say whether Brian's date was a girl or a dude. Uh, just we'll make it clear. Brian, Brian <laughs> likes the ladies. Okay. Yeah, I likes like the ladies. ladies. Anyway, this He'll is be- somebody else in your group was making fun of your- LL Cool B. LL Cool B. There you go. Someone was making fun of your tux and this was your response and somehow someone caught it on tape. So this is your response when they made fun of your tux. They were, they said it was just way too like, I don't know, of a certain decade. And this is what you said. This is 1990.
2: Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I went along with That would have been that. about right. I mean, it was 1988. 1980- I think I did go to a prom in 1990 seven? after I was in
3: well, college.
4: I went back. That blue blue tuxedo screams 1990. I went back to a prom Powder when blue. I was baby blue.
3: Yeah. funny something. I can't remember what it was. Or maybe I chaperoned. I can't remember what happened. I was back in my old high school prom space though for Yeah, I guess I mm-hmm. chaperoned for some somebody. I yeah, I went
2: it. to proms when I was a junior, a senior, and then my first year of college with different. So there's a lot of audio out there, is what what I'm trying oh, to say.
3: I can't wait to hear one from when you were in college and she was. I, uh, mm. No,
2: I mean you've probably played it, Scott. Is oh, what I'm saying oh. is that it, you know <laughs> oh. because of all the proms I went to. Yeah. There's uh there's one much of audio. Oh,
1: <laughs> no, that's not. I, I chaperoned one of my niece's proms uh, in Round Rock, Texas, in oh. the. Two thousands. I don't remember exactly when, and uh, it was like my brother in law was supposed to chaperone at this thing, and then he ended up in the hospital, and so I went. And uh, my god, my god, uh, everybody, everybody at that thing looked like Britney Spears. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah.
3: That sounds like an arts uh, before or after prime. they had shave. before
1: i hope okay all right all
3: right uh oops she did it again all right here's a here's the thing here's oh uh, brad pitt made a lot of weird random noises and here's one of them
2: Ah.
3: all right there's one of them it's pretty good (laughs) uh here he is going off which is probably why i got nominated this kind of dialogue here
4: always requesting shows that are already playing yes no you have to tell her before he couldn't quite grasp the idea that the charge nurse couldn't make it be yesterday. She couldn't turn back time. Thank you, Einstein. Now he, he was nuts.
3: Whoa. Hmm.
4: So yeah, the only person who is nuts is those who time travel That's right. Mm-hmm. or expect time travel.
2: It I, expect time travel to work. Yeah.
4: I do remember
3: feeling very frustrated in this viewing while he was trying to explain what he was there for and what was supposed to happen. And, how that sounds totally normal if you're the time traveler but to the people there and this is always true right like somebody's got to tell you some fantastical tale and it just sounds stupid because you don't have the perspective but in this particular bruce willis trying to explain to those psychiatrists what he was there for just sounded so crazy and i remember just i I felt frustrated just like Mm. damn it Mm. what can you say you can't say anything like Mm -hmm. what are you gonna say uh Everyone's gonna die in four years from a giant virus. Five billion people. You
4: sound crazy. Yeah, you don't. That. You don't say it. It's a trick. You just go, "Hi, I'm good. I just had a some bad drugs. I'm good now. Yeah. Can I go now? Yeah. If I would have told people in 2018
3: <laughs> and predicted in just two years there'll be a pandemic and it right. will be this and that and the, all these little details like this, you'd all laugh if me. People you you learned the
4: room. anything. Don't tell your psychiatrists, people. Yeah, the truth. That's right. Tell them a lie. Yeah. Tell right. them a lie. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Lie to your psychiatrist. That's what
3: we're saying that's good yeah. advice here's a weird brad pitt laugh all right
2: <laughs> the video that goes along with that moment is great because that's his kidding. eyes are rolling around like one of the gremlins that we saw <laughs> a few weeks ago gremlins it's so good
1: yeah i mean just i realize that this is the first time but it felt like every other brad pitt Portrayal after this like it felt like meet joe black and yeah. like, like i know there's not a lot but it just felt to me like oh this is all he does he's you know he's deranged I and mean, fight Club. very
2: tyler durden yeah i mean tyler durden kind of you're not your khakis you are not the contents of your wallet you know there's a very jeffrey goings kind of feel mm. to to tyler durden yeah uh, for sure the, the big the the, the big
3: Take or let's see the 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 big differing one. I would say would be like seven, where he's mm-hmm. yeah he's playing that pretty straight, just like a cocky cop
4: mm-hmm. thing. Cocky cop this week on cocky cop. Cocky cop. <laughs> all
3: right, here's um uh, oh this is this is him wanting someone to do a thing for him. Get out of my chair. All right, get out of my chair. <laughs> we are all monkeys. We're all monkeys. Over the top of the thing. Oh, here's one I call Doctor Mouth Click okay
4: oh yeah oh yeah so yeah. this
3: is a terry gilliam thing i'm sure um goes into that room trying to find bruce willis and this is what he's made the sound he made i really don't like that
4: <laughs> i wanted to gift that that was one of the thank ones you. i wanted to give yeah
2: thank you for not saying that's audio for my prom night
4: <laughs> oh my god that would have been so much better try it again try it again <laughs>
3: Uh, we have full edit you know i can go back and retell that story yeah um all right this is a a dad uh drugs and women i don't know what this is here it is what you do with your time cole did you waste it on drugs women thanks dad Jeez. right (laughs) right uh david morris shows up says some things People always think we say Morris, it's not, it's Morse, like M O R S E. I believe, is how you spell Morse it. Morse
2: code. Like the code. Yeah.
3: Love him. He's he's mm-hmm. one year. It's weird that this is a year after the Rock where he was so different in The Rock. But he's just great in everything, dude. Have you ever watched that yeah. Sam Adams or uh, not Sam Adams? Uh um Who's there? Who's the second president? I can't think of his name. John Adams, oh, John Adams. Adams. Jeez. John Adams.
2: The, the,
3: yeah, Giamatti. Yeah, if you ever uh, watched that, he played, he played Washington, and I, it's one of the most memorable things ever. He's so good mm-hmm. in that. Anyway, here he is saying words.
2: I think, Dr. Rayleigh, you've given Alarmus a bad name. I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Surely there's very real and very convincing data that the planet cannot survive the excesses of the human race.
3: I would have known he was creepy from the get-go, dude. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. If the ponytail didn't give it to you before he even right. opened his mouth.
3: Right, right. Uh, I want to call Madeline Stone, ask her about this pronunciation. It's
0: oh, an advertisement, right. Mr. Cole.
1: It's an advertisement. Stop. <laughs>
0: an advertisement. It's <laughs> an advertisement, I
1: Mr. Cole. I think she just got out of finishing school in England. For a alu- little <laughs> aluminum foil. <laughs> Send it down with the monkey into the hole.
4: <laughs> into the hole? <laughs> into the hole.
3: <laughs> oh, it killed me. All right. Um, oh, here's the dead people thing.
2: Oh, I see a dead people.
3: All I see is dead people oh little did you know he's about see that'd be he's four or five years away from hearing that from the little kid there you go Mm -hmm. that's also weird to think that was only five years isn't that weird that's weird
2: yeah
3: uh christopher Plummer walks in the room the great actor we haven't said quite enough about him yet but uh gonna miss that dude the last thing i saw him in was knives out and he was incredible so good in that Yeah. yeah So uh, really bummed to hear about his passing. But here is his line, or his first line, I think.
2: Uh, Would that I could enjoy this opulent dinner and this most uh, stimulating and exciting company for itself with no sense
1: of purpose. But alas, I am burdened.
4: That guy's great. Why is he the Colonel Sanders of germs? (laughs) What is that all about?
2: Because <laughs> he puts eleven arms spices that kill you for it nightly. <laughs> That's right.
3: Any chance it gets
1: to do that one. He, he likes to. Do that <laughs> anybody have a favorite old Christopher Plummer performance?
3: If you don't count knives out, I'll say, um, and this, and I mean this unironically because I really do think it's great. It's Shakespearean. Um, but his I role don't. in star Trek six, the undiscovered country is the, is the eye patched lawyer for the Klingons. is so memorable it's so good Um, I've been tempted after his death I was like you know I really should watch Star Trek 6 again because there is a point where Worf's grandfather played by uh, Michael Dorn squares off in a Klingon court setting to be the he's uh, basically the public defender for Kirk and uh, McCoy and I forgot who's all there Spock maybe and then um, the the prosecution is
1: played by Christopher Plummer, and he's so good. It's got, it's got Kim Cattrall as a Vulcan prototype for the Maquis. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like it's so many things in that movie. I a bunch of people movie. online watched it last night. Yeah, like a whole lot of people on Twitter decided to organize this viewing of that movie and tweeted about it. Uh, it it's just like yeah, you you picked a really really good one. I have to go with Sound of Music though, like that is my sure. That is my forever thought of Christopher Plummer. That's
2: where he rips then I'll balance up a- things out and say Dragnet. There you go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the uh, leader of the uh, yeah the the, pa- the, the pagans. <laughs> oh right. Oh yeah, <laughs> and
3: we even watched that. We should remember that. Yeah, that's that's a great pull. He I mean he did a lot of crap roles, which is weird given he did, but how he brought out something really his-
2: good out of the crap roles. Yeah,
4: I liked his voice acting work. I liked him in Nine mm. as number one. But he's also did some video game stuff too. That
1: yeah. you could just say he was in anything like for voice yeah. acting. Like I could just say he. Well, you know he was great in Ratatouille, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, Ratatouille, sure. Yeah. Like because his voice was so <laughs> useful, it could go anywhere.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: yeah. He's there's something about him. Um, Frank Gorshin was in this, by the way.
2: Hmm. I don't
3: know if you guys noticed. Really? He played Doctor Fletcher, the Riddler. Yeah. Uh, yeah, now that's I knew the, Arthur
2: Dent was in this, but I didn't know Frank Gorshin was. Pretty sure it's the fu- one of the future doctors, but I, I couldn't... Yeah, know. one of the other future doctors is Arthur Dent yeah. from the Hitchhiker's TV. Yep. Um I was trying to find... Let's see. Yeah,
3: I can't find it. Oh, here Which, it
2: ironically, I watched the first part of this movie in the hotel and oh, big yeah. screen TV and really, really nice setup. But they had their TV set with that dumb... Motion oh, setting, so it looks it like everything. Is Doctor Who? Hmm. No, they don't let you. There's oh, no way to get into the settings oh. of uh, hotel TV, if it's a if it's a regular, you know, if it's a oh. hotel worth its salt. Because otherwise, it'd be a great joke to like put you it. You don't on bring
4: your own universe remote control. <laughs> Spanish remote? closed
2: captioning? No, I, I really don't. I don't know why I don't. <laughs> yeah. But it was actually what was really cool about it is that um, you got onto the hotel Wi-Fi and then scanned a QR code that it displayed on your TV, and then you could go into any of your video apps and Chromecast it to what was called Room God. 425 TV. Oh, and my so- God.
4: Are you also so- divergent? <laughs> it's very divergent. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> uh, so it's was
2: just it so so easy. Like, you just basically said, so oh, okay, easy. cool, I'm, I'm Chromecasting this to the TV, and you could do other things on your iPad, like take notes on the movie while it was playing... This made
4: my mom cry saying that was easy. My yeah. God, my mom would lose her. Oh, poop. my mom, my mom would. Well, if she had right. to do all that.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could still watch local channels. Why
1: you just so. get on your Chromecast, and you just. <laughs> just it it wasn't the.
2: It wasn't the only thing. The only way to watch any TV. it, the TV, was an option from <laughs> the menu that also said watch live local TV and cable channels and all that. Right. Sure. Oh God, we I'm are th-
1: doomed. <laughs> the last time I stayed in an Airbnb. In the before times, yeah. uh, the TV had a whole. Uh, they had a some guy. I don't know what the box was, but they had a box on it where you turned on the TV and it was like, "Hey, you're a guest in our in our vacation home. Enter in your uh, you know your Amazon credentials, and we'll you know let you have Amazon Prime working here." And I was like, "All right, yeah," and I did that. And then I remembered it the next day when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> oh. My Amazon credentials were logged into oh, a TV. So right. hey, it's that's not
2: like a- they could see your password. But no. you log, in, yeah. but you're log, you're log into the
4: Amazon in, account yeah. and log out everywhere. Yeah. 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 Yep. Here, here's the yeah. thing, though. Like I'll,
3: I'll one up you a little bit. The last time we did, we went down to Ve- uh, not Vegas, um, Saint hey, George, uh, Saint George, not, not terribly long <laughs> ago. And at the time, I thought, oh, this is cool. They've got a built-in. Uh, they're, they're, they're they got fire sticks fire on this TV. It's just hanging there, and it's and I can watch all this Prime stuff. I'm just going to hang out in here and watch prime stuff. This is great. Hey, thanks for doing that. Found out later. They don't have fire sticks in the rooms. This was somebody <laughs> left one. So they left their <laughs> They left not only their logged in thing, but their entire fire stick. Their actual oh, fire stick. Yeah. Oh man. That'd a be a bummer. nightmare. Yeah, it is a bummer. Uh, and and I, and I called later when I figured it out and said, Hey, I think somebody may have left that and they were going to try to find them.
2: <laughs> Honey, why does it say, do we want to continue watching this weird <laughs> <Right>. porn film? <laughs>
3: Yeah, all that porn they have on Prime. Yeah, that's right, the place yeah. to get it. Prime porn. Prime porn. PP. PP porn. Pee-pee. Pee-pee porn.
2: Um, is it all like Cantonese prime porn. Isn't it all like porn? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. what I was
3: gonna say before the next clip, uh you asked Christopher Plummer roles what people should see or ones that really stuck out. um One of the most memorable for me is the Michael Mann film, The Insider, which uh had him playing oh, yeah. Chris, Christopher Wallace or Chris or Mike Wallace rather. Chris Wallace is Mike Wallace's son, works on Fox. Anyway, Mike Wallace uh, for 60 Minutes. Anyway, that's a great movie in general. Russell Crowe, him, Al Pacino. Um, mm. Oh, my gosh. Steven Toblowski's in that. Bruce McGill, we all love him. Rip Torm is in it. Good Lord, what a movie. That's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And
1: again, like I don't, I, I'm not slighting 12 Monkeys per se, but I would love to see this movie made by Michael Mann. I just would love to know. I would like to know yeah. how that plays out.
3: I hate to say this, but I think I kind of agree. As much as I like the I, weird, uh, I kind if of I'm going to
2: see right. it remade yeah. by anybody, I would. I would much rather see it remade by Christopher Nolan, David
4: Fincher. Right. I, Fincher, I think sure. with all of the, I think with all the social questions in this film, I would prefer somebody heavier in the sci-fi genre to to tackle this again because I I don't. Well, then Nolan's your man because he could do both. Right. Nolan can yeah. do both and
3: do well. I think that'd be fine. He's too busy being pissed about how no one can see his movie as much as they were going to see it.
1: <laughs> uh, what about the Cohen brothers? Yeah, sure. Movie? Hey, why not?
3: <laughs> I'm in for them making whatever. So you could right. sure no wrong.
4: Yeah. Uh, here is yeah, cr- I, I would be interested in seeing that list.
3: Here is a very very young actor who would once who would eventually or right around then start to be on a, a, a Law and Order SVU and become very popular. A very young Chris Maloney.
4: Maloney Malini. Oh, yeah. Maloney Malini. Oh, yeah, I forgot his little cameo thing. Here again. he is. Funny thing, Doctor. Maybe you can help explain it to me, being a psychiatrist and all. Why is it the kidnapped victims almost always try to tell us about the guys that grabbed them? There you go. That's <laughs> just a weird thing to he say. He was salty in this one. Yeah. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I liked him too. Small role, but
3: anyway. And now, finally, Madeline Stowe's weird laugh. <laughs> all right, there's that. <laughs> Uh, all right, it's uh, this time. Time for this film chat check. I can't talk. Film sack Cam checklist. Check. Film check. <laughs> uh, fil- oh, sorry, sweet stash Bruce Willis. Check. Hey, oh, some yeah. of the best birds uh, flipping ever on film. Check. And finally, mm-hmm. never try and teach an old bullet new tricks. <laughs> check. Uh, all right, hey uh, Star Trek connections. We mentioned Christopher Plummer and his role as General, whatever his name was, in Star Trek. But I, I, I I'm sure there were others. I don't know what they were.
1: Uh, I didn't get any. There really weren't. I looked through a lot. Like there was this one stunt guy in this movie that was in everything Star Trek. Yeah. But no, Christopher Plummer is your is your connection. He's uh, uh, kind of a. It's kind of remarkable when you think about it. Like. I remember when that movie was coming out, I remember hearing that Christopher Plummer was going to be in it. And, wow. Yeah. And, and of course it was called the undiscovered country. And I used to think I really got Shakespeare. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <And like, laughs> wow. This is going to be so, so serious and real. And then of course, you know, it's a Star Trek. movie. Yeah. That
3: movie is also notable for having, uh, o, uh, Renee Obergine, and Tim Russ, who would go on to be Odo and, uh, Tuvok, Tuvok. respectively. Yeah. They both played Klingon traitor dudes who uh, tried to assassinate the galactic president guy. It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. And
2: then there's a Star Trek. It actually has a Star Trek connection on its own. Yes. Isn't
1: that weird? Because there's then an episode of Voyager where uh, Tim Russ and who someone... Someone else. I don't know. Is it Roxanne Dawson? I don't know who, but they visit that movie uh, uh repeatedly.
3: Oh, that the scene of the of the insurrection attempt and all that. Yeah. yeah that's a so hell it's a hell of a that's actually quite the pivot point for a lot of Star Trek lore, is that sixth movie. There's a lot going on yeah. there. I like it. It's a good movie. I saw it was that my first day with Kim. No. A couple day. dates in, I saw that with Kim in the movie theater. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> oh hey, soundtrack great. I gave it an N A G A I S H B for not as good as it should have been. <laughs> I really didn't like True that weird it. like that weird like diddle-dee, diddle-dee um, thing. I
4: thought I used to like that.
0: <laughs>
3: now you didn't like no. the
4: yeah. I was gonna say which which one didn't you like the the pluckiness or the nod to the uh, uh, oh vertigo. Is that
3: that kind of what they were doing with
2: the song?
4: A little bit
2: of uh, Bernard Hermann's Vertigo and Psycho violins. I don't think it worked as
3: well.
1: But it has freaking uh, uh, accordion. Accordion. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. the accordion music in this movie drove me crazy. I did not like it. I didn't think it fit the movie. It reminded me of Monty Python. I'm like, are you trying to say (laughs) that this is funny? You know what I mean? (laughs)
3: yeah it's it doesn't work i thought it did though because when i saw it i remember i remember it being notable and going oh that's a weird discordian accordion yeah Yeah. discordian accordion Mm -hmm. that's a good Mm -hmm. band name someone get weird al on the phone i have an idea (laughs) (laughs) uh all right let's get to the twitter post this is where you guys sum it up in 280 characters or less that's a lot so let's see how you do with it Uh, let's start with randy
1: 12 monkeys, everything is dirty, and every building is old, and it's somehow older on the inside than the outside, and paint is peeling off every surface, and it makes you question your sanity, just like a Saturday night at Ivin's house. Oh,
3: hashtag (laughs) blast. Oh, nice. Oh, Dunaway.
4: 12 monkeys, asking the tough questions. What'd you do with your time? Did you waste it on drugs, women, this movie? Are you also divergent, friend? (laughs)
1: i like how you keep going to that yeah that diver, i'm yeah. starting to think you're yeah. divergent
4: yeah. yeah yeah what does that say well yeah. i that's that the, the the actor who uh who played that part who kind of described uh what was actually going on he was i i liked his his little role he, you like uh, the cut of his jib all right yeah he's, like
2: the cut of his jib. he was all right
4: <laughs> nice well, let's see if we like brian strother uh, ibbett's jib brian
2: ibbett I kind of mentioned a couple times before, but I put it all together into my Twitter post. 12 monkeys, it's what you get when you add seven to the fifth element. Oh,
4: oh smart. Oh, it's it's pretty good. Nine, 10, yeah, because yeah. you add Brad
2: Pitt <laughs> to the Bruce Willis oh, movie. Oh. Seven, yeah. fifth element, 12, seven, yeah, five. It yeah. says 12 monkeys. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. What about Thank the- you very much. I'll see myself out. <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: yeah, I... Uh, the uh, like uh, this movie was just missing. Uh, Jean Reno. He, if he had been in this movie, oh, I love him, <laughs> he would have had the right. per, like, he's the perfect person for it.
3: I love that guy, mm-hmm. love that. We need to watch The Professional, yeah. that's on our list, I know, oh, but can we get around student, yeah. to it? Gosh dang it, that's good. Or uh, Ronan, yeah, Ronan's great, one of the best Ronan. car chases ever. in Ronan, same guy that did uh, the Gene Hackman movie, uh, Chinatown, it's very good. Or wait, not Ronan. Ronan. Is it Ronin? <laughs> not Ronin. Uh Ronin, not Ronin. Popeye, Popeye. Not Ronin. Ronin, not Ronin. <laughs> just like Ronin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have a list here of these. These are alternative titles just handed to me. Uh, one of these is, says it's 12 Monty's. Well, that's interesting. Oh, that's, yeah. that's smart. Yeah, you know, cuz Monty Python probably. I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Eleven Monkeys and One Bonobo, which is interesting way to break that down. <laughs> okay. Because they're more right. of an ape, right? They're an ape, not so much a monkey. So we're right, right. looking for accuracy here. Uh, hey, check this out. got emails for the week, two of them. In fact, these came to uh, filmstack at gmail.com, as they always do. And Jay sent us this. Hello, Scoot, Randall, and Brains. Uh, as I started to watch The Expendables 3, I had realized that I had left the closed captions on. I had just watched a foreign film, Sputnik. Very good film, you must say. Anyway, uh, so I was looking for the remote to turn them off. And then I noticed I could not understand anything Sly Stallone was saying anyway. So I left it on. He says it was the right choice. Also, while I was watching, um, I was playing uh, Broforce on my Switch. And then I realized I was playing as the Expendables. That is all Jay. No, he's right. So if you've never played Broforce, amazing little indie game, 2D indie game. That yeah. is just all about destruction and stuff. And everyone in the game is called bro something. So like Brobo Cop, but you're basically right. RoboCop. Uh Brambo is uh, it's the bro, most bro
4: thing you'll ever do. Or
3: Rambo is, is Rambo, but it's, it's, you know, it's an amazing <laughs> like over the top, ridiculous, like homage to these eighties characters and anything you can think of from Keanu Reeves and the matrix, uh, all the Schwarzenegger things, all of it is in that game. It's older now. I think that game came out in 2014 or something, but still an amazing game. Broforce rocks, and it's cheap, so you should just get it on everything. It's really good. Uh, Tim wrote in. Hi, guys. Given the pig-based talk in this week's episode, we are talking about Mad Max that week, Mm. it says, if you want to look further into the classic film subgenre known as Australian pig movies,
4: you can't okay. do much. <laughs> what
3: <laughs> he says, you can't do much better than the Razorback. Uh, this was a film directed by Russell McKaye back in, uh, or sorry, between directing the early Duran Duran music videos he yeah. did and the movie Highlander. In uh, best regards, Tim. I've never heard of this, but I am all in on uh, something called Razorback.
2: I love Russ McKaye. He's one of my favorite music video directors with his, you know, slow motion table flipping and and stuff like that. He definitely had a a style that he brought.
3: 1984
4: through. is that right? yeah is that right, that mm-hmm. sounds yeah. right. 1984 it looks like uh
3: he was also great on mash he really kept the camp that's together. what i was <laughs> gonna say too
2: <laughs> father,
3: Russell. father yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right well let's uh, let someone get that on the list razorback whatever the hell that is and we will we will see if we can get to that thank you tim for the recommendation and all of you at home who have things to say questions to ask and recommendations to make the email is simple Filmsack at gmail.com is what you're going to want to use our next film is the first movie I ever saw when I was a teenager that featured somebody being hung on a meat hook. Mm. The movie is My Bloody Valentine. Now, what'll be fun is if we get to it and there's nobody on a meat hook. That'll be funny. (laughs) right?
4: And this is the My Bloody Valentine from 1981. Correct. On your
2: Amazon Prime, and I hope quality-wise it's not you know, janky like uh, the abyss was on Amazon prime.
3: Well, it can't be as bad as the original VHS copy I saw in like 86 or 87. <laughs> so I saw yeah, this. But that's really you're not the even only sure, way to but watch. You're not it,
2: even right? sure that that's what you really watched. <laughs> yeah, I
3: really don't. I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm also my memory is the girl who's like the main bad girl is this, the blind sister on, Ooh, she's a um, uh, the Ingalls show. What was the hell that was? It called oh, yeah. A Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, I think Mary? it's Mary. I think like uh um. Oh my uh, yeah, god! I don't think Why so. Let me see. I haven't looked, but I think
4: it's her. Lori Hoff uh, no, no, the I blind her, girl was
2: Melissa Gilbert. Gilbert. No, oh, no, right. the girl no, was no, 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 no,
4: no, no, no. It was her sister. older sister, right? Yeah. 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 No, I don't. I don't. She's not. I don't see her listed in this film. So uh, you may be thinking of Hoffman. Lori-
3: it might be this Holly. Lori
4: Haller person. See, this is what
3: I'm saying. I have weird mixed memories of this movie. I'm excited to see what holds up. But 81, it came out. I saw it in like 87 on hmm. a date or a you know, friend's house. We were all hanging out and we watched it. And I remember that meat hook stuff gave me the freaking willies. So Ooh, let's see if Alf it does it again. Humphreys is in this one. Oh, no. Who? Alf Humphreys. Alf Humphreys. <laughs> Alf Humphreys. Are we Humphreys. meant to know him? Do we know him? From yeah, anything? from
4: uh, Stallone, uh, First Blood, and the the X-Men is, is William Drake, and, uh, you know, uh-huh. he's been in some things. We also life.
3: have a really great IMDb photo for Peter Cowper, which I highly recommend you guys <laughs> checking out down yeah. there at the bottom there. That's an amazing photo for them to use for, for IMDb. <laughs> Sweet. Anyway. That'll be next week, right here on Filmsack, the 1981. Not the remake, not the 3D thing, but the original, My Bloody Valentine, for Valentine's Day.
1: Yeah, yeah. good timing.
3: Yeah, we're celebrating. In the meantime, filmsack.com is our website. You can leave us emails, at filmsack at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at filmsack. You can find all our individual accounts as well at the website. And you can leave us reviews on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love that because it helps us get noticed even low these many 11 years later. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. Thank you. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.
0: Ah.